Ryan. Aaron. Are you recording? I'm recording. Are you recording? I'm recording. Tell me about your favorite childhood memory in three words. My favorite childhood memory in, in three, three words? words? Um, garbage sale roadside. Wow. Evocative. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, hopefully this show is not garbage sale roadside because we want it to be I hope not. pristine sale in your ear side, in your ear dome. Coming to, cu- coming to a, an ear canal near you. This. My name is Aaron Hulbert, and I am a photographer based out of Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Oh, hey, I didn't see you there. My name is Ryan Falkenberg. I'm a uh, comic illustrator and freelance artist from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And this is the Creative State of Mind. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. How, how has everyone's week been? How's your week been, Ryan? It's been, I've had a long week. Um, I am, like we talked about last, uh, last episode, I'm a little bit of an essential employee at working at the hospital. Um, and the hours are long and acclimating to the few days off I have is trying. And, uh, I had to, you know, kind of take a step back a little bit because of some fatigue, some lethargy, and I'm feeling much better now, much more rested, um, but it was it was a long a lot of changes. Um, I know everyone's dealing with the uh, the pandemic uh, and the crisis in different ways, and it's like changing people's lives in different degrees. Um, it's certainly changing my life in the sense that like where I was when it began, I will not be when it ends, kind of thing. So I'm dealing with like uh, different you know uh, ways about finding an apartment and going through the hoops about that while trying to stay working and trying to stay creative at home. And it's it's been a rough couple weeks, but we are here. Yeah, and we're doing it. Okay. We're definitely here. How about you? Um, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, so if you could describe it as a being a long week, I feel like most of us feel like we've been stuck in the infinite long week. Yes. It's like we're all forcibly taking part in Groundhog Day, <laughs> and it's never ending. Um, so I did have two creative wins this week. I felt pretty happy about them. One is I finally got the backdrop paper in, and I finally got to shoot some stuff for my company. Uh, that was fun. Um, I'm excited to do some more shoots and just like explore in this limited space because I feel like it definitely like stretches out how I'm going to approach photography in the next couple of uh, weeks. Um, and two, I got to I got to do some sketching on uh, on my partner's tablet. I found out there's a program called Leonardo that works for the Surface. That's basically Ooh. Procreate. Really, that's awesome. Yeah. So uh, the sketches are real bad. Basically looks like a uh, 13-year-old decided to draw some anime for the first time. But it was relaxing. I definitely, like, I think I I probably did it for, like, an hour and a half. And I didn't even realize an hour and a half had passed by the time that I was done. I was just like, wow. And it made me really kind of want to try, like, digital painting. Because I've always done sketching with, like, pencil sketching. And I've heard that, and I correct me if I'm wrong, but I've heard that digital painting, because it's more of an expressionist medium, can technically be, quote-unquote, easier to get to uh it can be yeah yeah it depends on the how deep you want to get into it um but 
I I know some people who have just like kind of like who have the understanding of color and understanding how um, tablets work to really just dip a toe in and come out with something pretty pretty tasteful and good. Um, I've been working a lot on my iPad too, and I, I made you something, and I'm sending it to you now, Aaron. Oh, ooh, is it? Yeah. Are, you, are you texting it to me? I'm texting it to you. Oh, is that me? It's you. Aw. I I meant to send. I completely forgot to send that to you in our photographer episode. It's a picture of you doing photography. Man, it's a, it's also as it's a picture of me from like because I, I just from the jacket and the hat. It's a picture of me from my very first road trip that I took forever ago. Yeah. So that means a lot. Thank you, Ryan. You're welcome. Um, nice. It's hard to like quantify. I said losses into this weird infinite week of longingness. Because uh, the world just kind of feels frozen and it feels like I don't want to put pressure on myself to have to feel like I need to be creative all the time. So I'm not really keeping track of things when things are kind of on the downswing. Yeah, that makes sense. That's probably helpful. Yeah, and I think that's just better for everyone. I, if I want to, mm-hmm. so actually this isn't a creative win. This is a personal win. I have been actively checking the news less which is really hard to do because I'm a news junkie full on and the news yep. is just immensely depressing. So I have actively been limiting my time. Like I check an hour in the morning and then like maybe a half an hour before I go to bed and that's it because otherwise I end up sinking my whole self into this hole of infinite sadness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely from what I know of you, I think that is a good practice. So... I'm very interested to start talking about this week's topic because it is a topic that is, I mean, a lot of the things we talk about on the show are very universal. They're things that a lot of artists will struggle with, but I feel like we're going to say these words and everyone's going to go, OMG, me. And that is the topic of imposter syndrome. Yes. Um, which, uh, if you had to give imposter syndrome like a clinical definition, which is actually like psychologists will actually talk about this because there are real psychological like effects of imposter syndrome. Um, it is a psychological pattern in which one doubts one's accomplishments and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. You know what's the worst part about that? The, the one that hits right there in the groin? Yeah. Doubting your accomplishments. The things you already did do. Yeah. Things that, things that like, you can't succeeded. take away. Like Those exist already. People already clapped and went, congratulations, this was good. And in your head, you're like, no, that secretly sucked. What is wrong with you fools? Yeah, man, that's, that is no good. That is a killer. So I know that I struggle with imposterism pretty hard. Uh, and I think it, a lot of people do because we live in a world where art is the most accessible it's been ever. Photography even more so, some would argue, just because of the fact that anyone can be a photographer just because your phone has a camera. And it's crazy that you can literally find these mass amounts of people who have crazy talent on Instagram, on Facebook, on any platform, really, and compare yourself to them anytime throughout the day, 24-7. You can literally, you can create your best work, go on Instagram and find someone who's better than you within 0.5 seconds of you finishing that work and just immediately start looking down on yourself. And it is just so massively unhealthy. 
Um, and I would say that that's kind of where like my imposter syndrome lies the most is through social media because I will do something I'm really impressed with. I will post it on social media and then either the social media, like originally back in the day when I cared more, I try to like back myself off of it a lot. I would see that it didn't get as much traction as I wanted it to, which isn't even necessarily the work's fault. It could be the algorithms. It could just be, I posted at the wrong time. Like there's so many factors that go into it. And I would be like, wow, I must not be a good photographer because people don't like the stuff that I'm putting out. And then that would even like just make it me feel worse and worse and worse. And it just kind of ends up spiraling you into this bad mental habit of thinking about yourself in this super negative light when it comes to your art. Mm -hmm. What about you, Ryan? How do you deal with imposter syndrome? Or how do you struggle with it personally? Um, I definitely have it for sure. Definitely. Um, just the idea of like, um, I mean, like it really stop. It, like it closes you off from the rest of the art world, really, because you um, you don't so much want to. This is why, like, if you have, if you're out there and you do art, um, uh, this is something that I do. That um, well, I did do before the world got shut down. But I had a group of friends who work in a similar art form that I do, and we sit and talk about it, and we do art together, and we talk about life together. And that can be so great in like weeding out the things that you believe about you that aren't true. When you're like, as you were just saying, Aaron, like presenting your own art or putting your own own art out there and then on your own putting it and comparing it with the, with what's already out there, you tend to start feeling certain things about yourself and your art that aren't true. That definition of imposter syndrome, you start to um, take these things like these pieces of art that you worked hard on and you deserve to know that you had progress in your work. Suddenly it's garbage because it's next to someone's professional stylized work and they're getting more likes as if, as if social media was like even an actual appropriate way to measure whether or not we're, we have talent or we're any good or we're getting better or what have you. Um, but uh, basically just speaking the truth to yourself about it. Yeah, and I would say that um, imposter syndrome as a whole is this, as I said, universal thing where like even the best artists in the world, people who have sold like crazy successful like novels or have art in, displaying in galleries in New York City still like I've talked to some photographers that like they're just kind of waiting for that day when someone knocks on their door and goes, hey, you, you know, you're not as good as people think you are, right? Like you just you feel like that's always looming on your shoulder. And I think that a lot of that comes down to the fact that we are, as I said, in a world where we're scared of scared of like success being fleeting and not being this thing that you can attain on a daily basis. And I think that that also sort of comes down to the fact that we're in a time, as I said, where art is everywhere and talent is also everywhere. So you can find people who are talented and who can like do these amazing things. And then you also find these people who are crazy talented and aren't like their art's not getting the recognition that you personally think that they deserve, which then you go, okay, this person's better than me. And they're not doing well in this, in the world of like art. How the heck am I ever going to do that well? And I think that that comes down to, you have to realize that like success, yes, hard work is super crazy important and hard work buys you the ticket into the lottery of success, but you're not guaranteed to win. And I think a if you hear every time like a celebrity talk about it, 
if they're being honest and true, a lot of them will say like, how did you get so big or how'd you blow up? And they'll be like, I got lucky. I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And striving for the for fame or fortune in your art or in your creative mind space is just going to be something that drags you down. That should never be an end goal of your artwork. It should be something that might happen, which is like, if it happens to you, that's awesome. Like it's not something to look down upon or feel bad about, but it's definitely something that you shouldn't like actively like strive for. Yeah. The system we have as far as like what people become famous is really just broken because we, we as a people or as a culture really only have the, uh, the, ability to like focus on so many people it seems like and the biggest tragedy of that is that we are just passing by so many who would be titans if if they were in their own light or given the own opportunity that all these other people who are you know on the you know uh, covers of whatever whatever pop this popular weekly magazine um there's just so much good out there and I mean, like, and the things that like we struggle with, other people are struggling with it too. Like, like, and watch videos of other artists who are teaching art or talking about art. Like, I thought growing up doing my art and relying as heavily as I did on uh, certain reference photos and using reference photos the way I did was cheating and that I was lying about like being a good artist because like I relied very heavily on this reference. Come to find out all artists do. Lots of artists do that. You know, it's a way they stay consistent at the very most. And something you were saying earlier where like you were saying, um, there are some photographers that worry about, uh, the, someone knocking on the door and saying, ha, we got you. You're, you're faking. I mean, Neil Gaiman worries about that and talks about that in a lot of his works. He That exact thing, worrying that someone's going to come in and tell him he's an imposter. And he's pretty much a lot of people's uh, idol creatively. creatively. And I think that uh, when it comes to imposter syndrome, so many people struggle with it, but a lot of people will kind of just be like, okay, I know I feel this, but how do I deal with it? Um, and it's actually... Uh, there are there is management there are things that you can do in your daily life that can kind of help bring this back and kind of ground you um i said before like one something that i personally do is limit social media like it's okay to post but don't get caught up in likes don't get caught up in like your feed try to limit yourself to your own community because as much as the global community can like you could like end up catching that famous train and getting on board your global community is like you're competing with a pool of billions of people where like your local community is really where a lot of your work will probably shine because you're going to see a lot of people who can come up to you in person and be like, wow, I really am impressed with what you do. Um, but some like real psychological things that you can do, you can sort of like reframe how you think about your art rather than thinking like, oh, my work is bad or I like, I'm not good at this. You need to like kind of just approach your work with, I know I can do this. I know that I have the ability to do this because I've done it before. Like you have done this work. You have created a painting. You have shot the photography. You have written a novel like, or like written short stories. Like, and that doesn't, the, your idea of you feeling like a fraud doesn't take away from the fact that you already did those things. Another really like powerful thing is learn to like accept and believe compliments when people give them to you. Because I know that like 
I struggle with believing people when they're like, wow, your work's so great. And part of me is like, oh, you're giving me like the the grandma and mom compliment where like you're my friend. So you're obligated to say my work is good because you don't want me feeling bad. Um, and I think that it's really you just have to somewhere deep down like believe that like what they're saying is probably true on some level. They probably really do like and appreciate what you do. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that depends on the person, but like. I don't know, the people I surround myself with, I usually tend to believe them because they'd be just as quick to tell me that, okay, this is shit, you know? So, I mean... Yeah, and I think I think having people that will honestly critique your work is very important. Um, I think that that definitely will bring you, as I said, kind of ground you and make you realize that, okay, not everything I produce is amazing, but it's also not all terrible. And I, I think another thing that like if you really struggle with this and like you're listening and you're like, I don't think that these methods would ever fix it. Therapy is just this wonderful thing that the world has discovered. Like you can talk to someone who has trained themselves to listen to your problems and realize these mental cycles and give you strategies and things you can do to actually deal with them on a daily basis. Because as much as listening to a podcast about two two fools who live in PA talk about their issues. A therapist is going to be someone who's trained and they're going to be someone who's actually understanding the problem from a non-biased perspective. Please don't use us as therapy. No, please don't. That's Don't do that. We are not yes. licensed therapists. We are two goons who live in Pennsylvania. Also, if some some dude, some scrub... Some nurse's uniform that just kind of shows up at your on your on your Instagram or whatnot or your Reddit and says, "Hey, your art's shit." You can just say, "You're not my dad." You know, I don't know you. <laughs> Get out of my house. You're not my fucking father. Get out of my apartment. <laughs> and that's and that conversation will be over. And you are still who you are, and you'll still have the same skill. No one can take your success or your prep work or your hard work away from you with their words it's just impossible um and if you wanted to hear a, like a list so we actually have like a decent sized list of quotes of people who have said that they feel like they're imposters i'm not going to give out the quotes but i will list out names because you're going to hear these people and be like oh um so we said neil gaiman one michelle obama uh emma watson like maya angelou neil armstrong neil freaking armstrong feels like he is a fraud how does that even work? The first person to walk on the moon feels like he's a fake. And if that doesn't make you realize that what you're thinking in your head is probably wrong, I don't know what's going to change your mind. Basically, you guys are, if you heard what you heard, what our topic was about and you thought, oh my God, this is me. Take comfort in the fact that like at this moment right now, along with us, you're in great fucking company. <laughs> As artists and as creatives. We're all on this giant imposter couch together. And you know what? If we're all on it together, that means that we're all not imposters. <laughs> That's right. I would say that, like, I think I just want to wrap up this section with uh, just, like, a quick, quick, really small note saying that, like, it's it's cool to also feel this way. Like, don't make it... Don't, take it as though we're saying to never feel like you're an imposter because sometimes that's going to happen. Yeah. And it's okay if that happens in your brain. It's okay to feel a little screwed up inside because that is that's how the human brain works and that's make what makes you a person. If you felt hunky-dory 24/7, I honestly question your honesty more than I question your brain. <laughs> it would mean you have no humility, which is a bigger problem. Yeah. So, as I said, go into this and just realize that it's okay. It's okay to feel this way. Ryan, 
Aaron? I'm sure that you are super excited to talk about Art Club this week. I'm, I'm pretty sure about it, too. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to talk about um, comic illustration. I was to say, you didn't sound excited. You kind of sound like you were trying to... I was building you're, up to the comic illustration. Okay, I was like, you're, you're doing the, like... The, comic illustration! There we go. I was like, you're doing the Michael Scott, like, lean away from the mic and get really quiet to try to, like, I don't know, influence the conversation. <laughs> hey, it worked. Um, yeah, comic illustration. So, like, give us the, give us the 411. Let, let's, what, let's hear about this. Where did, what, what is comic illustration, Ryan Falkenberg? Well, comic, comic illustration, or as it's sometimes called sequential art, just the idea of two or more images being separate and coming together to create a story in sequence. Um, this is um, as old as cave paintings and as old as most hieroglyphics, um, but they, uh, they appear in history uh, starting around like the 1840s. As we know them today, as comics and as like comic strips and funnies and whatnot, um, I just want to talk about the different ages that they went through because they're really fascinating to me. Um, like for instance, there are two whole ages um, between the years of 1840s and the 1930s before they were ever superheroes or anything. Um, they had the Victorian and the Platinum Age, which basically. Um, started as more European work that eventually was um, used by Americans in different ways, eventually being used predominantly in newspapers and political cartoons. I was to say, like when I when I was doing a little bit of research into this, what I saw, like before before superheroes took off and before comics were really about telling stories, a lot of it was political and like comedy based like most of it was like okay here's this funny about everyday life that we can kind of just everyone who reads this can associate with or it's weird judging the current political system <laughs> yes and it's interesting how because after we're done talking about this we're going to go into the modern age and like the more modern ideas of sequential art and comics and it's kind of come full circle in a sense or in or you could argue that it maybe hasn't changed and just grew into a bunch of different genres but uh, after the Platinum Age of the 1930s, you have the Golden, Silver, and Bronze Age, which is where you have um, uh, titans of industry like Stan Lee. This is when he found his, uh, his work, when he invented Spider-Man. This is a around the time, uh, these are the ages that Superman and Batman were written. And, uh, and that just like trickled down to all these different science fiction pulp comics and uh, just tons of tons of great great work that are still being genres that are still being used and characters that are still being used today in various ways um and then we find kind of where i've been inspired to uh be and that's i mean like it's the modern age of comics really this is when you have a lot more graphic novels i say almost like the goal i, I want to call it like if the golden age of comics was and like the biggest boom of it is the superhero age I want to say that the current golden age is the indie comics. Like, I feel like that's Agreed. like where graphic, like graphic comic illustration has just exploded because so many people have realized it's a medium that they can use to tell amazing and great stories. Yeah. And that's I, like, I think that's what got me in, invested at first. Um, I read a comic. Um, it's a, a two book. I think it can, it can probably be found in one book now. Uh, the comic book Mouse, M-A-U-S. Oh, yeah. I read that in school. I, I, we probably had the same teacher give us that book. 
Probably. Um, I actually don't know that we had the same teacher. I, uh, I don't think I was in that class, but Dan was our friend, and I got the book from him. But I was just like the way he he told his father's story as he survived uh, the Holocaust and survived Auschwitz, and painted this like real gritty, amazing picture of his father. And also had the time to like include interviews that he had with his father and and drawing out the conversations he had with his father um, in comic form and even including a a super uh, vulnerable and powerful comic that he wrote in his younger years um, about his mother's uh, suicide, which is just in the comic and like something about that like shook me to my core because I do want to write like shonen kind of comics. I want to write something action packed. I want to write something funny. I want to write something that'll make you cry and and laugh, but I also want to be able to be that type of vulnerable in this form of art and the fact that I was in that point reading that comic, finding out that it's capable of that, it felt like I was in a car that just took flight. And it was, um, it was amazing to me. And, uh, now we are in this like place where the, like you said, the indie comic is exploding and there are so many different kinds of genres and many different kinds of types of stories that are out there. And they are, they're succeeding with their art in such a way that you can tell what kind of comics they are. Like you can open a, a Brian Lee O'Malley book and know that how he discusses relationships and uh, the concept of of combat to be very cartoony and silly while you can open a book by Craig Thompson uh, known as Blankets. And even though it was written around the same time as some of Brian Lee O'Malley's earliest stuff, the tone is entirely different and you can just tell by the slight differences in 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 their ink strokes. And it's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I love comic art. And um, I also mentioned that uh, we see it kind of coming full circle. And while I was um, thinking about what, after you sent me the the episode uh, itinerary and thinking about comics more, and I was on Reddit looking through all of my memes and whatnot. And uh, I wanted also to talk about um, Adam... Uh, Adam Ellis uh, on on Instagram and Reddit, um, who uh, makes a lot of. He used to work for BuzzFeed, I think. No, he de- he definitely worked for BuzzFeed. I remember I remember he like talked about quitting them. I think I don't think he works for them anymore. No, yeah, he I I started reading him reading his work consistently after he left BuzzFeed because he like wrote like a like his his stuff became suddenly more relatable to me in some way, shape, or form. Like he he left BuzzFeed and the next comic he put out that I saw it was him as he draws himself like an old man staring at a window in the dark talking about like how long it's been since he's seen other humans and like how he's uh really dramatic about being alone and someone turns on the lights like oh you you lo- you 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 left your job like 3 days ago quit smoking weed in the dark and it's just so good and so funny about like how easily we can be dramatic about stuff like that and i would say like 
when you said full circle, I definitely get it because there's this huge, obviously, prevalence of viral web comics, and Adam Ellis is definitely one of them. Where the goal, I mean, like, um, and they're so <sighs> short. Yeah, they're like four panels. Yeah, they're and you they're got they're it. the modern day funnies, and I mean, um, I don't remember the full name of it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I want to say it's uh, it's the the viral web comic with the little blue aliens that went like blew up in the past year. Oh, where the aliens are like they're talking about stuff that we know, but they're using like scientific terminology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that has yeah, definitely absolutely. exploded on social. And I want to say that like something that you'll see in comic illustration, and it's something that I like just from the art style, is that it's so varied. And I mean, once again, we're gonna talk about how like there's so many niches within like one subject that we talk about. But like if you uh, if you look at like a comic like the X Men, it's these crazy detailed, super like high fluidity art styles and then you have like this modern resurgence of these super simplistic like especially with viral web comics like super simple drawings of like here's this little blue almost stick figure alien doing haha human things how funny and i think that that's just kind of crazy that like so many mediums can like there's so many different ways to tell a story within one medium and so many ways to represent that story and i think that's really impressive yeah, comics have so many different strengths, like, outside of themselves. You could either have a comic that its art is what carries it, or its story is what carries it, or in uh, that, uh, I, I don't know the name of those comics either, but those alien comics, the idea of, like, it's such a simple joke, and it's so relatable because we know what they're talking about, but they're not using our language, quote-unquote, but we know it, we still understand it, even though it's like completely different, like it, that's what carries it. And I, I love seeing these new artists who are finding new ways to have their work be carried in itself. You know Agreed. what I mean? And I think another thing that I really enjoy about like comic illustration, but really any printed medium or any drawn medium is something like, okay, so photography obviously is where I live and there's a lot of different genres within photography. But photography as a whole, a lot of it is very similar. Like you look at a photograph and you go, okay, this is a photograph. Where like with comic illustration or any any kind of art that is, as I said, printed, like there's so many vastly different styles that like, and so many different vastly different ways to present yourself. And I think that's really inspiring for me as a photographer to be able to look at that and be like, how can I incorporate that into what I do? Because I'm capturing the real world. So like I'm, I'm limited in function and in style to some extent, because what I do is literally taking, okay, I take a picture of this cup on my desk. It's going to look like a cup on my desk, no matter how I like slice it because it is a cup. You know what I mean? Where you can stylize that cup if you draw it and you can stylize it in 25 different ways and each different way will kind of convey a different emotion. I can put a fish in that cup and I can give that fish a opinion about our current president if I wanted to. <laughs> exactly. Comics is, is beautiful. Comics is a great thing. Agreed. Um, and it is a thing that I hope to dive into more. I hope to grow in my experience in, and I hope to make people just smile with it. And it's, it's a, it's a worthy, it's a worthy thing, I believe. Agreed. Well, it has been a joy to hear you talk about comic illustration. I'd really just like, I mean, I don't know if you felt this way last week, but I just like hearing someone who's passionate talk about the things that they are passionate about. It's very inspiring. I did. That's, 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 um, that's why I drew that picture. Like I, I was very, very proud to hear how inspiring um, you are talking about your 
your art and it, it's refreshing to hear about it just because it's so different. Like our art styles are very different. Yeah, we, we live in two other. different mediums that don't normally intersect at all. Yes. So hearing about them in this intimate way has been very special to me. Um, is there anything else that you want to talk about for comic illustration? Hmm. I would just recommend a few pieces of work. I would recommend uh, Bone by Jeff Smith, a classic uh, fantasy epic um, with the feel of a Saturday morning cartoon. Um, I'd recommend Blankets. Turn your head towards the um, microphone, my friend. Turn, turn. Uh, I was looking on my shelf. Uh, Blankets by Craig Thompson. Um, and, and just really, just look around. Just, there are comics everywhere. And there's, there is something for you out there. There's a comic for everyone. It's no longer this idea that you have to enjoy people wearing tights and flying through the sky. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's real, just if, if you have a thing you like, there's a comic about it and it's, I'm sure it's drawn real well. Um, well, I just want to say thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, this has been a blast. I've really enjoyed just talking about these things like I do every week. And, uh, thanks so much for just giving our podcast the extra follow, the extra like, to, uh, sharing it with your friends is like something awesome. Word of mouth is great. Uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the creative SOM cast. You can email us at creative at gmail.com. If you want to recommend an art club that you haven't heard or like something that you do personally that you want us to dive into. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much, Aaron. Thank you for your patience with me this week. I know we're uh, setting it out a little bit late, um, but uh, it's absolute pleasure to sit down and talk with you and talk about these things that I love and things that you love. Agreed. It's, as always, it's been a great time. Uh, I think that uh, I don't think I can say thank you enough to everyone who listens. You guys are awesome and you know who you are and that just makes you even more awesome. You do know. Go to your bathroom and look at your look at yourself in the mirror and point, really point, and say, you know what, you're pretty cool. Guys, you rock. We love you. Continue being creative. Be fearless. Be great. <laughs> <laughs>